You're listening to the Today's Family Lawyer podcast, the leading source of daily news and insight for family law practitioners in England and Wales. Sign up to our free weekly newsletter at todaysfamilylawyer.co.uk and subscribe to hear all the latest news and views from across the family law sector. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello, welcome to the latest Today's Family Lawyer podcast. I'm joined today by Stacey St. Clair. Stacey is a partner in the family team at Debenhams Ottaway. And today we're talking about a topic that I've chatted with a couple of other people through the podcasts about around the lawyer not necessarily being the only point of contact in the course of a particular matter. And we're going to talk specifically about divorce today because there are lots of people that we can bring into a divorce matter that will add value and actually help the client and the firm through that process. You're nodding along, Stacey, so hopefully we're on the right lines here. Yes. Hello, David. Thank you for having me. I, I definitely agree that you're on the right lines and it's an important part of the divorce process itself. Obviously, anyone going through a divorce, it's an emotionally charged situation. It's a stressful time navigating the emotions and the whole legal process is daunting and overwhelming. So I definitely have a view that having the right divorce team, a collection of professionals, is crucial to achieving the best outcome for the client. The analogy that was presented to me a little while ago was surgery. You wouldn't necessarily just place all of your eggs in the basket of the surgeon. There is the preoperative care, there's the nursing staff in the theatre, there's the anaesthetist, there's the post-operative care as well. There's a whole raft of people and expertise that go into supporting you whilst you're having an operation. And perhaps we can use that analogy in the course of today's discussion. In the first instance, it would be really useful for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, your area of practice and an area of expertise, please. Yes, so I qualified 12 years ago and I'm in the family team as a partner at Debenham Zottaway and my um, experience is um, divorce, financial and children matters. So kind of the wide range. I'm a passionate lawyer. I'm collaboratively trained, which means that I enjoy working as part of a team in an open, transparent process. So I definitely am a believer that the divorce team is the right approach. Um, obviously, every client's specific needs and personal circumstances differ so that differ that means that each client may not have the entire divorce team it may be a a smaller team or it may be a bigger team so i think it's crucial to obviously pick the right lawyer that's going to be able to address and have a look at what your needs are as a specific individual and then build the team around those needs um and that's what i do in my my first meetings but yes so i definitely believe that that's the right way to approach any new matter that's that's before me there's a whole load of questions that have come out of that so i'll start hopefully i'll start at the beginning so the first question i have is how do you identify in that first meeting what their needs are so for an example i had a meeting about four months ago with a new client and i could tell in that meeting that 
the lady was completely emotional and had no idea about the process. It was her first experience of being with a lawyer and she was breaking down. And I knew from that first meeting that she was not ready to make any big decisions about what's going to happen. And I recommended and I referred her to a counsellor that I work with very closely. And four months later, she's come back to me and she said, Stacey, that was exactly what I needed. I just needed the time out. I needed the break. I've got that safe space for my emotional support because I didn't want her to pay my hourly rate when I'm not equipped with the skills to give that emotional advice and support. She's developed coping strategies that she can now work with, which can enable her to make those really difficult decisions. So that was just one example um, this year of someone that I can see needed a different support process than myself originally. But every client is different. So I really do assess everyone on their story. And in that initial meeting, it's their chance to tell me their story. And then I can see, right, who do we need around them? In probably about 70% of cases, we need a therapist, we need a counsellor, we need a pension advisor in most cases, because pensions are, again, a daunting, overwhelming area of the law that not many people even understand how many pensions they've got. And it's good, you know, initially for me to get that initial advice. I talk through that in my initial meetings with clients so they understand that it's not all on them. And what I try to do is build a team around their individual need so then we can seek that support as and when it may not be you know straight away but how I work is that I will have a three-way meeting with my client and that third party or that expert and so that we all know the advice that's been given to help with the next steps because I think having a next step for a client is really really important and that's what I like to do. There are other private wealth advisors that I work with closely um, because I do have many people that come to me that have no idea how to budget, no idea what a budget is. And they can be the very rich, but they can be, you know, the modest one family home. So it's not that you need to be super rich to have a divorce team around you. You just need to know what you need from an expert. So I work with a lot of wealth advisors that can help my clients navigate the financial mess that they find themselves in, shared assets, what's a shared asset, business assets, you've, you know, all of that. So it's it's really important that my client has the the understanding of what they need advice wise from from that other expert. So those are the ones that I have kind of around me originally. There are divorce coaches, which have become so much more common. And I've got a lot of, at the moment, women that say, you know, I've heard about a divorce coach and I have some that I work with and that I refer clients to. And it, it is so important because it's not just my job. It's about the team approach. And I think for me, when clients come to me, they're scared of the end. So through the proceedings you get through and they think, what's going to happen at the end? Am I just going to be left on my own? And if you've got that that setup and that network from the beginning, they know that they won't be left on their own. They'll be reassured and they will have that handholding throughout the process and afterwards because mostly they finish with me and then it's the counsellor or it's someone else that they're dealing with, the pension expert who knows their case. So I think it's really about making the client feel that they have the best team around them and the support available. And that's why I think obviously choosing the right lawyer at the beginning is is crucial, but having the team is is so significant. On a practical level, do you act as a conduit then between everybody or does the client kind of deal with people individually or how does it work? 
practically? No. So I try and take control. So I would arrange the meetings and I would be that point of contact so that I can make sure that the client is not feeling overwhelmed with more bodies, um, more individuals. So I will arrange the meetings with the therapist. It's usually the client and that person. Since joining Debenhams Ottawa, because I only joined in February this year, I had had previous experience of recommending and referring my clients to therapists and counsellors. And when I joined here, I realised that was that was not something that we did all the time. So I've kind of started, I would say, a wellbeing project to make sure that all our initial appointments and meetings with clients across the firm, we are introducing them. We're talking to them about the therapy and about counselling and just making sure that they are in the best frame of mind to proceed because they, they're, they're not always. And I, I think that's really important. And it's it's something that was aware to me when I when I started and everybody's taken on board with that and, and is in agreement. And it, it's really nice to see because it is about providing the service for the clients at the end of the day. It's not that they're not going to come back. They always come back and in a better headspace. And now with the no fault divorce in place, uh, there's no blame. It's it's a calmer approach I find I really do and I think the the counsellor working alongside really helps that. I want to come back to no fault divorce but I I want to ask you about what the client reaction is to that approach because I mean do they expect it when when they when they come through the door? No no some at the beginning it's selling it's trying to sell a service not that it is a service but they're like I don't need anyone else I just need a lawyer and I explain quite clearly well you might you may do but this is why and then when I give them the explanation they think oh yeah that makes sense they're worried about costs they always think oh my gosh it's going to cost me so much more I've got five individuals and I explain it ultimately it doesn't really because we've got the right tools to enable speedy discussions negotiation to take place and for them to understand what a fair settlement is instead of going through the court process things like that so if I'm able to give them examples which I do they can understand that it's not going to cost them a lot more than the normal approach Um, so yeah they don't always expect it and it's not something that they are always on board with and it may be not in the first meeting that they kind of agree to it it may be later down the line and they think oh yeah Stacey you know what you were right about that can we now have a chat because I have no idea about pensions I have no idea about how I'm going to manage these investments I need help and that's fine as well so I just think it's about having the awareness raising it with them and making sure that they're aware at any point they can opt in to have that that as an option. I use the analogy at the start about the, the surgeon in, in the theatre and ultimately the surgeon doesn't know everything as I say you know they might not be aware of the pre-op and post-op care and all that kind of business. What's the benefit to you as the solicitor to having all these people around you? My legal advice is my my decisions and my or my options for my client are easier because I've got the package here. I've got the financial advisor telling me these are the options. This is the tax implication of this option. So I can say to my client, I've got this and this is my advice on the way to proceed. And it keeps it keeps attention down. It doesn't mean that we're panicking about what we're going to do next. We're proactive. And that's the approach that I always have to take. It's not we're not on the back foot. It's not what we're going to do. This has happened. We're always ahead of the game waiting, saying, let's put an offer forward. We've got this now. We've got our team has enabled us to be able to say 
right, Stacey, this, I can advise my client on what the options are, what the best offer is, how they're going to navigate through it. And it just makes my life easier, especially the emotional side, the well-being for my client, making sure that they're calm, they're not making any decisions before their time, um, they're not making rash decisions in a, in a in a mindset where they've just found out that their marriage has broken down because it's one of the most stressful experiences and I honestly find that my clients that go to therapy and come back to me or having it alongside the legal advice they are able to have an outlet to scream and shout about the other party doing something instead of calling me and saying oh my god this has happened Stacey do this do that and it's all you know, reactive. And I, I, I just, it makes my job a lot easier. And it keeps their costs down, which is ultimately what they all want. What's your experience of how long it takes the matter to come to fruition? And are you avoiding or do you find that you're able to avoid going to court? Yes, I do. In most cases where you have a divorce team, you are already thinking what about the settlement? You're already thinking about the outcome. You're creating a solution for your client. So I am already I've already got the experts around me to think about all the different consequences of all the different offers. Once you've got your disclosure from the clients and they've they've, you know, gone through that process, you can be quick off the mark with an offer. And it really helps, in my view, settle out of court because court proceedings, you join these experts along the way. With a pension report, you could be waiting three months, six months, and the costs of that and court proceedings and delays. It's absolutely in my client's best interest to always, you know, try and settle out of court and have team around and put offers forward I I definitely think it's a lot speedier than than going to court I mean I, I do avoid that arbitration is 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 quite big at the moment private FDRs we're doing a lot of and it just helps it helps instead of waiting and putting it off and thinking right now we need a child psychologist because this child is really you know having an issue so it, it's something that I've always got in the back of my mind and as long as the client has has all the information then they can make the decisions that they want there's been a lot of discussion over the years about the language of divorce and this big drive towards improving uh, that confrontational side to it. Uh, two questions, really. The first is when you have a firm on the other side that you're dealing with that perhaps isn't adopting a similar approach and is perhaps a little bit more belligerent, what challenges does that present? Quite a lot because your client will often say, well, why am I spending all this money or why am I got five experts and they don't. But often, as soon as you get them in the three way meeting, they see why and they think, wow, I, I understand now because they can see the approach. But it, we're always going to have other lawyers on the other side that are not in agreement with what we want and they're going to work differently. And I explain that in the first meeting. And I think that's that's one of the most important things to be honest and transparent. And that's how I work. It's clear advice. It's honesty. And I tell them about other other law firms that I know, you know, and I will say this is how they all work. And as long as they've got that, they then have confidence in me because they think, oh, Stacey told me this. So it does create challenges, but we can always overcome them. And as long as we've done what we needed to do in our steps and we've got our position clear, then it's up to the other side what they want to do. And unfortunately, they don't all get on board and we do have to go to court. So but it doesn't matter because we've still got our divorce team there with the right outcome. So it's just it's just trying it's just about transparency and i think as long as the client understands it they'll they aren't they get it 
Here's a loaded question then. Do you see that that culture is changing? Are we seeing less confrontation? Are we seeing more of a desire to reach an earlier settlement? Or not? I, I do think so. And from most of the lawyers that I work with on the other side, I think we have to because of the delay with the court process. For instance, I had a a final hearing the other day that got adjourned the day before. Barristers' fees were all deemed. The clients were completely upset, both parties. And I said, well, let's have an arbitration. Let's do this. Let's just you pay for a judge and we can still crack on. And we did and we and we resolved it. And I think that's the difference between just thinking, oh, well, we'll leave them to it. Um, they got out of the court process and they settled. And I think you have to right now because the delays are are painful in the court process and that is happening more and more but often you do have a litigant in person on the other side who can't agree you know a different way so there's some places where you will be in court but I am very keen to encourage everybody to have out of court discussions and methods of trying to reach a resolution. When you reach the court is the reaction of the court more favourable if you've gone to the lengths that you're describing around building a divorce team or or do you not necessarily see that that's happening just yet? I mean the court are always promoting to reach out of court you know settlements and they and the judges are really proactive in saying that in the first hearing to clients and saying look you know go away can you reach an agreement and any any other method and I think we are as lawyers now told more we need to do that more so I think it is something that the courts are pushing out but they're not you're not favoured by any judge or any court for doing that but it is just always something that they would rather you do and attempt to do before coming to court. You're painting, uh, sorry I'm chuckling, you're painting a very rosy picture of of the benefits of all of this and and you mentioned no-fault divorce as well but the reality is there isn't such a thing as no-fault divorce, there's always going to be fault on either side, there's always going to be that emotional element of it. What's your experience of dealing with that? I I think since the no fault divorce has come in, it has helped clients not openly want to challenge and blame the other. Of course, everybody's got their own story. And I had one lady saying, I want to blame, I need to blame. But the majority I've had have, have actually, it's really helped them not get into that, you know, contentious, intense headspace of reading the petition and what's on it. I think it does reduce conflict and I think it is a step in the right direction. It's not a cure but it's a step forward. So I think it it has helped and it will continue to help and I find we really are now not really discussing the divorce for too long and it's all about the finances and we we reach an agreement on how we're going to proceed and it's a a lot healthier for the client. So my, my experience of it, it has actually helped clients that I've dealt with. So if no fault divorce is one step in the right direction, I'm going to put you on the spot. What are the other steps in the right direction? Oh, well, I I think the the divorce team is a massive one that more practitioners need to get up with, to be honest, and get on the, the same, you know, journey. Because I think if we all adopted that approach, we would be able to reach an agreement a lot faster, save our clients costs, and it would be more streamlined. Um, And I think there's many clients that think, oh, I haven't got enough assets to have that. It may not be that you need everyone, but I I definitely 
I'm an advocate for the well-being of my clients, making sure that they're making the right decisions, because I think a lot of clients rush into making certain decisions without thinking it through. They haven't got the safe space for the emotional support and it impacts the entire proceedings. And I think if you've got that, it really does change the way that the proceedings run and it can change whether you go to court or not. And I think it's huge. Uh, um, don't get me wrong, I sense you're a massive advocate of the, of the benefits of this. But I, I wanted to ask you quite directly what training you've had, because as I say, I've done a previous podcast on a subject very similar to this. And what's very, very clear is that there simply isn't enough information out there for yeah. practitioners, for practicing family lawyers to help them make informed decisions about the benefits of this. I really enjoyed my collaborative training because it opened up for me the actual idea of listening to your client and making sure that you listen and you hear what they say. And I've also had training from a therapist about how to deal with narcissists, how to deal with difficult clients, how to deal with just breakdowns and, you know, everything your client goes through. So I've had different training from counsellors and therapists myself on how to approach difficult situations and I think not everyone has that and that for me has really given me insight into be able to how to help my client and what their needs are and I don't think there has been enough but my previous firm did that a lot we had a lot of training and I think it's important for the junior lawyers and it instills confidence and you you can then run a case knowing that you're acting in the best interest of your client. You've spoken so passionately about the benefits of having a team around you uh, and so you know I really hope that people that have listened into the podcast will at the very least go and have a look at some of the options that are open to them because as I said before my sense is that there simply isn't enough information out there for lawyers yes. to go out and, and find out about the benefits of this so thank you so much for sharing your insight and for joining the podcast Stacey. Thank you David thanks for your time. The Today's Family Lawyer podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider. It's also available on todaysfamilylawyer.co.uk. My thanks to Stacey. Thank you as ever for listening and we'll see you again soon. You're listening to the Today's Family Lawyer podcast, the leading source of daily news and insight for family law practitioners in England and Wales. Sign up to our free weekly newsletter at todaysfamilylawyer.co.uk and subscribe to hear all the latest news and views from across the family law sector. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.